If you, uh, if you have a child in the school district or did have a child in the school district at some point in your life, middle school, high school, then you know that there's lunch accounts. And in these lunch accounts, we as parents have to throw money in once in a while to, to make sure the kids can eat at the cafeteria. So normally once every couple months, you throw 100 bucks in there and you're good to go, um, you would think. But uh, I got a notice from the school I don't know, Jake, it was probably 10 days ago, and it's like, Jake has $6 in his lunch account. Jake's a 16-year-old sophomore at Papillion South, and uh, I'm like, oh, well, it seems like I just put money in there, but okay, whatever. So I throw 100 bucks in there like 10 days ago, and uh, he should be good to go for, what, a month or two? This week, I get an email from the school, and Jake has like $6 in his lunch account, and I'm thinking to myself, is the kid feeding the entire football team? I mean, Jake, I, w- I wanted to say, if you're getting bullied and someone wants your lunch money, talk to me. There's ways I can help. Like, I got strategy, dude. Like, if you're getting bullied by three pe- people, what you do is you say, I'm drawing a line in the sand right now. And you draw a line. And you say, I dare you to cross that line. To the biggest kid, I dare you to cross that line. And the biggest kid will probably cross that line. And when he does, you look at him and say, hey, now that we're on the same team, how do you want to take care of these other two? You know, I mean, there's things that you can do uh, you know, I got more, Jake. So, but I'm like, where's the money? Where's it going? Do you ever feel like it's going out faster than it's coming in? I couldn't believe it. Well, I bring that up because that was what was happening to the Israelite nation at, at one point in their, in their lives. About 500 years before Jesus came on the scene as a person, they were, they were planting crops. They were doing a lot to bring in a lot of things for themselves. But it was going out faster than it was coming in. And actually, you know what? Let me, set, let me set the context so you understand even where we're at in the story. In, in 587 B.C., the Babylonian Empire, which is Iraq today, um, attacked the Israelites, the southern kingdom of Judah. They attacked them. And they destroyed the temple in Jerusalem. That, that temple that Solomon and the others worked so hard to, to create and erect, it's gone. And they took, the, they took the Israelites into captivity back to Babylonia. So that's what happened in 587 B.C. About 50 years later, the Babylonians released 50,000 of the Jews to go back to Judah, back to Jerusalem. And God wanted them to start rebuilding the temple. It had been destroyed for 50 years. God said, it's time to rebuild my house. So, so the Israelites, they're thinking, okay, we're going to rebuild the temple. And they start doing it. They're all about the Father's business. They're laying the foundation. They're doing all the things. And pretty soon, they start to worry less about what God wanted and more about what they wanted. And their priorities started to shift from God's house to their homes and their crops and their families and what they wanted. You know, I don't know if you can relate, but I've been guilty of that myself. This is what was happening, and God wasn't happy about their priorities that were shifting. So, so I'm going to read to you today, the story that you're going to get today is going to be so, I, I don't know if you ever heard a message out of the, the book of Haggai, or Haggai, some say, but you're going to today. Haggai was a, a prophet, um, and he, how do you say this, he, uh, God would speak to Haggai, and Haggai would speak to the people, and, and that, he was the prophet during this time. And God starts to speak to Haggai when the priorities were all jacked up, and he starts to tell him things. And, and, and before I even get into Haggai chapter 1, verse 1, I needed to tell you that the temple was a big deal. 
You might be thinking, well, why does God really care? I mean, the temple's destroyed. Why not just leave it destroyed? God wanted to restore true worship in Jerusalem. God, the, the temple was like a, a, a compass that would point you back to true north, much like we hope Meadows Church is for you. After a week of crazy, a week of funding lunch accounts, a week of doing all the things we have to do as, as people in this world, that we can go to this, this, this place where we can reset, we can regroup, we can refresh, we can breathe, we can catch our breath. The temple was this place of worship that the Jewish people, it would get them back focused on God and what God wants, not what they want, and putting God first and not them first. The temple was a big deal. With all that said... Let me read you the scripture. God is speaking to Haggai after the people kind of gave up on the temple. And this is what he said. Verse 2. This is what the Lord of the heavens army says. The people are saying, God says, the, what I'm hearing from the people is, the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. But the Lord sent this message to the prophet Haggai. And he said, why are you living, he's talking to the people now through Haggai, why are, you, why are you living in luxurious homes while my house lies in ruins? This is what the Lord of the Heavens Army says. Look at what's happening to you. You planted much, but you only get a little. You harvest a little. You eat, but you're not satisfied. You drink, but you're still thirsty. You put on clothes, but they can't even keep you warm. Your wages are disappearing as though you were putting them in pockets filled with holes. You, you can see God is telling them, you're hurting yourself because you're not focused on me and what I want for you. God continues in verse 9. You hope for rich harvests, right? That's what we all want. But the harvests that you bring in are poor. And when you brought the harvest home, this is crazy. It didn't just somehow go away. God says, I did it. I blew it away. Your, your profit, what you have. Why? Because my temple lies in ruins, says the Lord of the heaven's armies. While all of you are busy building your own fine houses. It's because of you, God's getting on them. It's because of you that the heavens withhold the dew and the earth produces no crops. It's like unbelievable what God is saying. It's like you're hurting yourselves. It's, 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 because, you're, it's because you're putting yourselves first in front of what I want. There is a principle to things, and it's not just in Haggai. It's not just in the Old Testament. It is all throughout the Word of God. Matthew 6, if you're looking for that first tattoo, I'm not saying you should do it. You know, pray about it. But Matthew 6, I don't even have it on the screen, but you should know it by now. Seek first. Say first. Mm. Seek first the kingdom of God. And live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Oh, that's a beautiful thing to say, especially in church. It just isn't lived out much. It certainly wasn't lived out by the Israelites at this point. They were not seeking the Lord in the temple first. They were seeking their houses, their homes, their families, what they wanted. And God said, you're making money and it's just falling out. And it brings me to the main point. I, first I wrote down, we can plant and we can water. Who makes it grow? God. You can plant all you want, and you can water all you want, and you can work all you want. I'm telling you, at the end of the day, the provision ultimately, where it goes and where it stays, isn't up to you. It isn't up to me. It's up to God. Which leads me to this. 
when we invest, when you invest, when I invest in what we want instead of what God wants, we lose what we work so hard to get. I'm, don't miss this. It is all throughout the word of God. I just had a conversation this morning, even before we got in here. It's just, when, when you invest in what you want, and God is like second or third or fourth, but I'm first, and this is us, and we're doing that. God's like, what? He said it. Look what you're doing to yourself. Look what's happening to you. Where's the money going? It's, I had that thought when I got paid for the, you remember the first time you got paid on a real paycheck? Like a real pay stub, and it shows you all the details. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, shocker. Freshman in high school, I'm pretty sure I was, Jake, and got the paycheck. and Because I knew. I knew how many hours I worked that week. I knew my rate of pay, $4.25, whatever. But I knew what I was getting paid, so I knew what I would be paid. Get my paycheck. It's not what I was paid. And I, I, I started looking at the paycheck. I'm like, wait a minute. Who the heck is FICA? And why is he stealing from me? You know what I'm saying? I'm like, who, taxes? But anyway, that's a whole other thing. I got to keep going because there's a lot in this message. Stop getting me off track. So Proverbs 3, 9, and 10. And this isn't just, don't think just money. Think about any provision. In their case, it was the crops. It was their abundance that was coming in. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of your thoughts. That's why I like you to pray. That's why we have bracelets that available out in our table. It says pray what? Because when you pray first, you're honoring God first. When you seek him first in his word, you're honoring him first. When we like return a tithe or an offering, the first 10% of what we make, we're honoring God first so he blesses the rest. This isn't me saying it, God said it. With the first fruits of your increase, so your barns will be plenty and the vats will overflow with new wine. But God, I'm, I, I'm giving it and then you're going to... I'm going to have more. And, and, and God says, don't you see in Haggai what I'm saying to the people? Who blew it away? Remember, God blew it away. <sighs> it's gone. God, don't you want the best for them? I do. But, but, but when they put me first, that's the best for them. They get blessed. So back to Haggai, verse 12. So, so God has said, this is what's happening, and this is why the provision isn't there. What do the people do? The whole remnant of God's people, the Israelites, those 50,000, began to obey the message. Okay, things are turning around. They began to obey the message of the Lord their God when they heard the words of the prophet Haggai, whom the Lord their God had sent. The people feared the Lord. They revered the Lord, that means. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, you know the prophet here, gave the people this message from the Lord. I'm with you. I'm in. I am with you, says the Lord. No, notice the, obe- the, the people get obedient, and God says, my hand is on you. Uh, I'm in. As soon as, as soon as you get about building your houses and your stuff and your job, and your, God says, I, I, I'm out. In fact, not only am I, am I out, but I'm, I, will, I will take away what you work so hard to get. It's insane. God says, I'm with you. That's so beautiful. So God's with them. They start to rebuild the temple. And God's so good and so loving, he doesn't even wait to continually speak into them. Two months later, you got to read the whole Haggai 1 and 2 this week because I'm giving you bits and pieces. Two months later, in Haggai 2, chapter 2, it says this. For this is what the Lord of the heavens of the army says. In just a little while... I will again shake the heavens and the earth. This is the Lord of creation. 
The oceans and dry land I will shake. I will shake all nations and the treasures, say treasures, the treasures of all the nations will be brought to the temple. I will fill this place with glory, says the Lord of the heavens, armies. And then he's reminding them again, who is it all ever is in the first place? He says, the silver's mine. The gold is mine, says the Lord. The future glory of this temple will be greater than its past glory. That would sound insane for the Israelites to even hear that because the original temple constructed was everything to them. And for God to say what they were trying to hack together, and God says the future glory of what you're doing, the future glory of what I'm doing will be greater than the past glory. I want you to start believing that over your life today. That the future glory of what, has, what God has for you when you seek him first, when you put him first, the future glory of your life, of your family, of, your, of whatever that you are seeking, according to the will of God, will be better. God says it. The future glory will be greater than the past glory. And in this place, I will bring peace. I, the Lord of the heavens army, have spoken. been reading this um, book, Haggai, getting prepared for this series and I couldn't get past what I've already kind of hit on a couple times. The future glory of the temple. The future glory of the temple will be greater. The future glory of the temp temple will be, will be greater. The future glory of the temple will be greater. Not the temple itself will be greater. God wasn't as concerned just about the, the brick and mortar. But the glory. What happens in the temple. It'll be greater. You think you've seen great things? I'd like to say that with Meadows Church, we've seen some amazing things. We have so many new people. New people come every week, and we praise God for it. And if you're new, like Destry and Rachel said, welcome home. We started October 17, 2017, officially uh, launching six-plus years ago at the Beardmore Event Center in Bellevue, Nebraska. It's weird because before some of us moved here to help start this church, God, I mean, to put a pin in the map, it would have been right around 370, Papillion, Werner Park area. That's really where he said, that's where the growth is happening. And we, he was so clear, we want Meadows to be where the growth is happening. Not, not, in, not in the metro of Omaha, per se, or not in some district that's already been developed for 50 years. But I want you out as a beacon of light where people are moving, because where people are moving, people are looking. So when God said we're going to be in Bellevue, I'm like, well, this isn't really out nowhere, but <laughs> beggars can't be choosy. I'm like, okay, God, this is really what we can afford, and this is where we think you want us. And God's so good because the foundation of the church was built there, and many people in the Bellevue area and right around there, when we moved to La Vista three months later or three years later, they came with because it wasn't about geography. It was about family, and they were already part of the family. And so we move a little bit to La Vista when the contract was up, and we hang out at the convention center there for just six months during a, a COVID. So that's, that was short-lived because of COVID. And then the place you're sitting at today and the place that you're looking into as you watch online today, uh, the old campus of Nebraska Christian College is where God would lead us. And it's like God took us full circle. It's nuts. So, so covering over here to Bellevue, covering way over there to La Vista, and then back to center, Papillion. Not just in Papillion, but in the, in the kind of the, you know, the area that's growing. You know that. If you're in this area, you know what's happening out here. It's, it's crazy what has happened in the last few years. So this is where we're at today. The future glory of the temple will be greater. 
the future glory of the temple will be greater. I got to tell you, uh, you're going you're gonna to get some insider information. Um, two years ago, when Nebraska Christian College closed and the, and the facility became available, I mean, I'm like, this is it. God's going to put a stake in the ground. See, when you put a stake in the ground and you tell the community, we're not a portable church that's in a trailer, we might be in Bellevue, we might be in La Vista, we might be in Lincoln, I don't you know. When you start to say there's a stake in the ground and this is where we're at, it changes something in the community. I saw it firsthand in Sioux Falls when I was a campus pastor. We had a campus in a school for two years. When we found a leased location, I think we were averaging 245 people. The first weekend at the location where we said, we ain't moving, we got this building, we're leasing it now, we're here. We had 555 people the first Sunday. It's like people are like, oh, so you're, you're a legit now, you're a church now. And we know the church isn't the place, but I'm telling you, in the eyes of many people, when they know you're, you're, you could move in any, any second, they're leery to step in and invest. So, so I'm like, God, this is crazy. We're going to get this campus. We're going to get these grounds. I don't know how we're going to do it, God. That's your problem. But we're getting it. So we're praying. And I, you guys, in my head, in our head, there's, I'm thinking the epicenter, the temple, Meadows Church. And we're going to have nonprofits that are out here. And we're going to be a one-stop shop for people with physical needs and mental needs and spiritual needs. And we're going to have a mental health facility out here because... Lord knows we desperately need something out in this area for that. We're going to have a recovery center out here. I mean, it was all, we had all the plans. We prayed all the prayers, walking circles around the building. We had the plans. We had the prayers. The only thing we didn't have was $10 million. I, I mean, details. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, do you really need that? Turns out they do. So, um, so it wasn't happening. And here we are now, and... The vision, or not the vision, the reality I can share with you is that this location, this, the, the area I'm talking about, the buildings here, they have been purchased. and Not by Meadows. I'd love to be able to communicate that, but that's not the reality. Um, the grounds have been purchased by a, a nonprofit uh, called Vita Nova. Vita Nova is a maternity house for pregnant women in distress. So what that means is maybe a woman who's pregnant is Maybe she's addicted to drugs. Maybe she's in an abusive relationship. She's just in peril. And they would bring her into this, this location, this campus, and they would love her. And they would, she would have her baby while she's here. And they would get her back on her feet. And they would give her what she needs to get out into society and be functional and successful and live her God-given purpose. So it's a lot of work that goes into maybe a short amount of time, like a year or so, that they might be here. But when I heard that they had got it, I'll be, I leapt for joy, and this is why. This place has been under contract multiple times. Multiple offers offered and accepted. And every one of them kept falling through. And I'm like, what, God? I kept holding on to hope. Yeah, you, God, you're doing this. One of them, a developer. And, and if a developer were to get this, they wouldn't be developing a church, I can tell you that. It'd be, it'd be residential. But that fell through as well. So Vita Nova who uh, they got it, and I've talked to the executive director, and so where, where does that leave Meadows? Um, there were other organizations that met out here besides us. There was a school, there was a medical facility, there was people living out here renting. So they're all, they've all been given notices a while back, so they know that they're, they're going to be gone. So the only organization that gets to stay for at least the next year is Meadows. So we should praise God for that because they could have easily said, 
There was no guarantee. And, and here, here's what I think. I think the only reason is because they don't really know what they're going to do here yet in this building. So, so they said, you guys can stay for a year. And then they said, we'll assess after a year. And I'm like, okay. So we're going to, I mean, I already told the executive director, we want to add value whatever way we can. Those women that you're bringing in, they need recovery. We offer recovery. We'll do whatever we can to help. Those women come in, they need Jesus, and we all need Jesus. We want to be that beacon of light of Christ for them. We will do whatever it takes to partner with your organization to love you and to love them. But I'll be honest, after we did that, I, I remember lamenting with God, and I'm like, so that, that hope center, that the, 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 the dreams that we had about a Meadows Hope facility is, I'm like, it's dead. Because it's, at the end of the day, the land, the, the built, it's purchased. And I'm like, and I thought God was so clear about this area, this specific area. And, and, and I didn't hear God say it, but through conversations, he said it. Oh, it's still the plan. Oh, it's still available. Come to find out, this is crazy. The most valuable part, in my opinion, of this whole property is the land. The land that is to the, the left of the driveway you pull in. I don't know directions. Well, uh, south? Um, <laughs> it's terrible. I'm sorry. We have a picture. But, but, so you got that. Yeah, the green. That's the land. The other side, that's where you're sitting right now. With, you know? So that, you guys, when I found out that Vita Nova didn't buy the land, I couldn't believe it. Because the buildings are already built. You're not going to tear those down and rebuild because that's incredibly expensive. So you're kind of like locked into whatever the building is set up. And let's be honest. I mean, I, the buildings, I love that we've been able to be here, but the building is wonky. You got to walk around the building to get in the front door. I mean, I'm just saying, come on, we can do better. So, so I'm like, you're kidding me. They didn't buy the land? The land is like the that's a clean slate for the Lord to work and do whatever he wants to do. And, and we could use every square inch of whatever we do there to do whatever God wants to do. I was blown away. So we start having conversations. I'm like, this is, why would they not? I, I, I couldn't believe it. I just assumed the property's gone. And God's like, no, it's not. It's, there's, as you can see, just less than half of it's still available, 27 acres. And I start, so, so I want to cast with you a vision what it would look like for Meadows Church to put a stake in the ground where God is, we believe, called us to be. And it's just a foundation. We're just talking ground right now, but you know and I know that's a valuable piece that God can do so many things on when he gets his plans and he gets his work and his, his thoughts in it. So I want to cast vision with you. If we were to get this land and we together say, let's go after the land and dream about what God wants to do on there, let me tell you what it, what it could look like. Okay, I just want to cast some vision with you for a second. Because you might think we build a, a sanctuary like this, a church. Everybody thinks you build a church. I'm telling you, it's way bigger than a church. It is a worship center, and it is a multi-purpose. There wouldn't be permanent seating. It'd be seating much like this where you can take it out, and you can do other stuff, and you can do this, and you can do that. We would use every square inch of the property the way that God wants to use it. And one way I can tell you we wouldn't use it is office. Staff offices, I don't give a rip. The staff can office in their car, okay? I'm kidding. They can go to their house. We ain't using it for that. I don't, no. We use it for ministry. So here we go, real quick. It would be a weekend worship um, temple, if you will. But don't, don't mistake it for just Sunday morning because you know by now, I'm sorry about that, you know by now that worship doesn't just happen on a Sunday morning. Like church begins when? When you leave here, somebody said it. Someone said Monday, and that's the same thing. So, 
Worship begins when you leave here. If we were to get those grounds, we could build, and I'm just talking about one facility, not multiple right now. This is all one facility, a place of worship. Number two, a house of prayer. We know that we have the garden prayer room on Tuesdays here. That, I don't want to jinx anything, but I don't know if that will, I'm talking to the executive director because they're determining a new contract for us. And I, I'm hoping that they give us Tuesdays for that and rehearsals on Thursdays, but I don't know that's going to happen. If we have this, it is a house of prayer. It is available. It is, we're going to make it available to the community, and it's going to be a place where people can come, whether they're a part of Meadows Church or not, just like the garden prayer room. It will be a place that people will come and learn and grow. Bible classes will be held at that facility. Training, Bible training will be held at that facility. we got people that are, feel called to teach more deeply into the Word of God, and we want to give them and me and others an opportunity to pour into you so you can go deeper into the word of God. Bible classes and training would happen at the facility. Purpose-driven seminars. Discovering your purpose seminars. This has been on my heart for over two years now that we exist to lead people to Christ and their God-given purpose. What if we get people out here before they know Christ? We help them discover their purpose through seminars and training and during that, they find Christ. See, God can work both ways. What if they discover a God-given purpose and then they meet Christ? I'm just like, God, what do you want to do? We would do purpose training seminars out at the location. It would be a leadership development mecca. We would be developing leaders, future leaders, next generation leaders, to future church planters. We would, community could, we would, we want to raise up leaders. It's one of the things I'm called personally to do. So it would be, we would be huge on raising up the next generation of leaders. Kids and youth, if you're new to the church, our kids ministry, and right next to it, our youth ministry, are our most important ministries. We will pour anything and everything into them. And, and, and this would be a place where they could come. I think about a place where they could come after school, maybe Westmont Elementary or other schools that are close, and they need a place, a safe place where they can come and hang out and uh, have events or activities. Of course, youth would meet here. We could do lock-ins. We can't do lock-ins right now because this isn't our facility. So we would do lock-ins. It would be absolutely amazing. All one facility, by the way. Recovery. Helping people overcome hurts, habits, and hang-ups. We wouldn't have to worry about if we can use the room or if we can't use the room. It would be a building. There would be a location. There would be a place for recovery to happen because we are um, a beacon for recovery. Uh, the, and now that we know Vita Nova is coming, it's just, it's just even strengthening my resolve even more that these women, many of them need recovery. They need help. We will be there to, to walk with them and love them. It will be there all the time available Last but not least, you got to allow me to park here for two minutes. Mental health. I went to a within, a within reach event. Within reach, you're part of a church. Meadows Church is part of a network of churches that partner together. We pay money to do it. I believe in the kingdom of, I believe in the bride of Christ. And I don't believe Meadows is the hope of the world. I believe the church is the hope of the world. So we partner with other churches in our community. Calvary, Reality, LifeGate other life-breathing, life-giving churches, and we get together, and we, we, we pray over the needs of our community. We just did a state of a city Barna study, and I'm going to reveal results to you in early 2024 about your, the state of your city and your community, because we know it now, because we ask the people, like many of you that live in the community, we've done research for two years, and it's coming out. I'll give you a preview. Mental health, this won't shock you, is an epidemic. One out of two people now are saying, I struggle with depression. One out of two in our communities. Within reach, 
This is what they want to do. When they casted this vision on Thursday, I thought, it's just more confirmation. They want to train 1,000 volunteers for mental health training. Many of you are going to be those volunteers. Number two, they want to increase, we've got to move this, this is all wrong. Increase the number of licensed counselors by 100 in, in our community, in the, in the metro. That's a 22% increase um, in licensed counselors. Number three, maybe what I'm most excited about, increase 20 more regional hubs to increase the access to care services. I'll give you a stat that was, was shared at the, at the event on Thursday with 500 people, community leaders and churches. If someone's struggling with suicidal tendencies, depression, anxiety, by the way, if that's you, man, you're not alone. We love you and we want to walk with you. I've been there. Some days I am there. For people to get help from a counselor, it, it, the average, four to six weeks to get in. If you're waiting four to six weeks to get in to talk to somebody about your depression, it seems like four to six years, by the way. That's what it is right now in our community. And for, and for people that you want to get into, that's just getting into somebody. For people that you want to get into, sometimes it's two to four months. Joe is a resident licensed therapist for Meadows Church. And, and I talked to him a while back. This is months ago. And I said, Joe, man, I, I can point a lot. We got a lot of jacked up people at Meadows Church. I can point a lot of people to you. And Joe said, I would love to, but I can't take any more. Completely full. Can't take any more. Meadows Church is going to be a regional hub that offers mental health, like right in that facility, right there, we would offer help. We would have people there, trained people, lay people. Joe said a lot of what people deal with, if I could train people, they could handle 80% of it without them ever even have to pay money to see a licensed counselor. This is exciting. Mental health is killing us. But we can be a hub. Meadows would be one of those regional hubs that would provide that hope and that healing. So let's kind of put it all together. We're really praying, and we need you to pray, because when I say we, it's you. It's not me, it's you. We need to pray about this land. I, the land, 27 acres, a million dollars. You might think, oh my gosh, a million dollars? Realtors have told me personally that land 10, 12 years ago, Highway 370, the land there today that they're building along Highway 370, like by Warner Park, it's a million dollars an acre. An acre. Do you know the land that we showed you earlier in that picture? Do you know what you know what you know what the, the street is that borders? Cape Heart. You know what Cape Heart is? According to the realtors, this isn't me. I don't know this stuff. According to the city of Papillion, Cape Heart is the next Highway 370. It is the next through highway going through our city. So I'm telling you, a million, that's a lot of money. I, I'm not thinking about today. I'm thinking about the future. See, we're future thinking. We'll have this for another year. And beyond that, God's going to provide like God always provides. I'm talking about putting a stake in the ground and just being done. And saying, we are here. We are a beacon of all those things that we just listed. I just, I just, I'm just asking you, will you pray about investing? We've done year-end faith offerings the last two years. Two years ago, we raised $24,000. You, you did. Last year, $31,000. I'm like, God, well, with this land and with this thing, because we could get funding for this through the Wesleyan Investment Foundation. You, this is another God thing. I'm, I got to share it with you. Um, so good. So the Wesleyan Investment Foundation is like the Wesleyan Bank. Pete, who's our finance person, and I are on a call with them months ago. 
They, we, we cast vision, and we're, we were talking about everything then. We didn't, it wasn't sold yet. But then I started talking about the land. And I said, the land. And they're like, nah, we don't really like to do land deals with churches. We've done a couple, and they seem to get excited about land, but then it, something happens, it falls, whatever, they don't, the excitement, Haggai, the excitement wanes, it doesn't happen. In about the same breath, the guy says this, but Meadows, you seem different. They know God's hand is on the church. And he said, we, will, we, will, we would consider investing with you with land. I want to show the Wesleyan Investment Foundation that we're serious, that we're, we're a church. If you pray and God leads you this way, that we're serious. That we could put, we could plunk down, because I'm like, God, 24,000, 31,000 this year, maybe 50,000. I think that's what's feasible. And it's like God said, oh, so I'm a feasible God. Is that what I am? Feasible? I'm like, okay, God, sorry. What if he was faith-filled? And what if God said, what if you were to put down a tithe in 10%? And you show the Western Investment Foundation by year end that you got $100,000 to give to say, we're serious about the land. It'd blow them away. That's the goal. The year end faith offering date is December 3rd. It's three, four weeks away. You can start giving to it anytime. I'll tell you how. I want you to know what you're giving to. I want you to know what you're praying about. It's not much at the end of the day compared to what it's going to be for our community. Warren Buffett, if Warren Buffett, I thought about this, if Warren Buffett can convince, if he can reach out to like billionaires and like, like successfully challenge them to give away most of their wealth, shouldn't greater things happen in the church of Jesus Christ? Like God said, this is his church. And he said he would build this church and that the gates of hell will not prevail. I want to invest in something that's bigger than what Buffett ever offers or anybody else. So let's keep going for the sake of time. Remember Haggai? Remember that story? Two more months they were here. They're obedient. God's with them. My hand's on you. Two more months now pass. Four months have passed since the original, you know, people. Let's go. Let's go. Haggai 2.18. On this 18th day of December, the day when the foundations of the Lord's temple was laid, think carefully. This is the Lord speaking. I'm giving you a promise now. Do not miss this. I'm giving you a promise now, while the seed is still in the barn. You've not even harvested your grain, your grapevines, your fig trees, your pomegranates, your olive trees. They produce nothing at all. But even so, from this day onward, I will bless you. I love that God didn't wait for the project to be done before he blessed it. I'm telling you, when you put God first, it will open doors to God's greatest blessings in your life. Just, just put him to the test. I see it all the time. And by the way, you, we, don't we don't obey God so he'll give to us. That's the wrong heart. Well, God, you're going to bless me with something. If that's the heart, I keep it. Don't give to that because God won't bless it. I, I'm, I'm telling you, we don't give so God blesses us. We give because we love him. That's why we give. I read Haggai, it's nuts. God did, it's like God did bad things to his people. If a non-believer were to read some parts of Haggai, they'd be like, that's the loving God you guys go to church about? Dude sent disease. The Bible says he sent blight. You know what blight is? I didn't either until Thursday when I looked it up. It's like a plant disease. 
God sent hail. God's purposely destroying their provision. Why? I'll tell you why. Because God cared more about their hearts than he cared about their harvest. More than anything else, God wants your heart. That's what it's about. Lives are being transformed. Hearts are being changed. Giving changes a heart. I was going to read you some Exodus, but for the sake of time, you got to look it up yourself this week, Exodus 36. But I'll give you a hint. The tabernacle is being built in Exodus 36. That's, a, that's, like a, that's like a portable church. A portable, you know, and God was with them as they went through the desert. Well, guess what? The, the Israelites gave so much, and they gave so excitedly to that, Moses had to tell them to stop. Read Exodus 36, you'll find it. Moses said, we got so much. You've given so much. you got to stop. I'll never tell you. you got to stop. But he did. So it's nuts. Giving, it will just change our heart. So let's close this. And all I'm asking, because it's weird. I don't know where you're at in your spiritual journey, but I know that the enemy tries to use these opportunities to say, oh, the church and the money, the church and the money. If you're part of this church family, you're, you, I don't worry about you because you already know the heart. But for newer people, this isn't any, God isn't asking for your money. He's asking you to invest what he's blessed you with back into his kingdom. And if you're not there yet, it's okay. That's why we pray. I'm just telling you, I want to give you a physical reminder of what we went over today because it was a lot. So I'm going to ask the host team to come forward, and they're going to give a basket to this section, this section, this section, and this section. And you guys pass it around yourselves and just grab the card out of there. It's a, it's a reminder. It's a prayer card for you so you know what we covered. For some in this room, look up here. For some of you, you're like, dude, I can't even give five bucks to what you're talking about. I love you, and we want to help you. If you're upside down in your finances, if you can't pay your bills, if you never can get ahead... You'll never live your God-given purpose. You never will. So what I want to do for you is we want to walk with you. We want to sit down with you. We want to look at your budget. We will do whatever it takes to help you get out from underneath the, 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 the hole that you're in. Just write financial help on your Connect card. Just write financial help on your Connect card and hand it into the green table. We will connect with you. and We will love you. We will walk with you and help you. But I'm telling you, ask God. To provide as well. He's a big God. He created you and he redeemed you. If he's big enough to do that, he can take care of you when you take a step of faith. And for some, sometimes giving, I wrote down, sometimes it will seem like it doesn't make sense, but when you do it, God provides. Why? He is the greatest giver in the universe. He won't let you down. God won't let you down. The time is now. That's the title. Last week, after the services, I was talking to a group of kids, students, shouldn't say kids, you students. There's a girl that came up to me and <laughs> the, the greatest compliment I could ever be given as a pastor is not, oh, great message. It's like, pastor, this is what I'm doing. I heard the word of God went forward today and I want to do this with it. This is what she did. She's come to the church maybe five weeks. She's new. Come five weeks probably in a row. And she comes up to me, and that takes courage. And, and here's what she says. She says, based on what you preach today, I'm doing something. Because she, she said, you said, the time is now. Don't wait to extend a hand. Don't wait to send the text. Don't wait to make the call. And she said, I'm going to send a letter. 
I said, you are? And she said, yeah, to my dad. And I said, that's awesome. I said, where's your dad? She said, prison. He's been in prison. She's a teenager. He's been in prison since she's two. And she said, I'm going to send him a letter. And I didn't, it didn't hit me until I got home. And I started to think about the... See, we invest so heavily. Part of what you saw there was kids and youth. The ripple effects. When we get about the father's business, what's going to happen through that letter? I don't know, but I bet it's way bigger than what you, are, you and I can dream or imagine. This is what we want to happen in this church. This is what we want to do. You want to see the finances of the church? Let us know. We'll show you. Open-handed, open book, very transparent. We believe in that because there has to be a level of trust. I want you to know what we want to invest in. Because you know what the world invests? I thought about that girl and I thought, what are we leaving her? What are we leaving the youth students? What are we leaving them? Even physically, what foundations, what, what platforms, what, what did I write? What temples, what reminders do we leave the next generation? Do you know what the world will leave them? Well, the world will get excited about is like a, a new mutual of Omaha building. That's what the world will get excited about. And I'm not dissing the building. I mean, this is what it's going to look like. It's going gonna, it's gonna to change the landscape of Omaha. Did you know that? It's getting built right now. The one to the left. Taller than any other building in Omaha. $600 million. We'll invest like that. Because we need that. I don't know what's wrong with the old mutual Omaha building. Maybe they had mice, Braxton. I have no idea. But we're getting a new one. And it's just, this isn't even about that. But I'm like, this is what we get so excited about. One day that will be rubble. And it'll be nothing but dust. Will that change the landscape of a city? It will. It will change the landscape of Omaha. But what we're talking about here, what we're talking about today, what God wants to do through this and God wants to do through you will change the landscape, the hearts, the minds the, of people in our community now and forever. It'll change kids. It'll change youth. It'll change addicts. It'll change prisoners. It will change people. This is what we invest in. Things that are worth something. God invested in you, by the way. God took on debt. <laughs> he was okay with it. You're a lot of it, and so am I. I don't know how he did it. <laughs> God invested in you. The gospel, my favorite part. If you, if you don't hear anything in this message, forget everything else. It's land. If we don't get that, God will figure something else out, I guess. Hear this. In your mess and in your sin, in your debt that you can't pay and you never will, I don't care how much you love your kids, I don't care how much you love God, how much you go to church, nothing that you do, nothing that you can say will ever pay back the debt that you you have in you and on you. There is a debt you can't pay, but God, God, you know what? Your greatest debt, God, God turned it into, how did I put it? Resulted. Your greatest debt resulted in God's greatest gift. 
This is so good. Because when you and I, Ava, were dead in our sin, God sent Jesus to come to you, to save you, to find you, to rescue you, to set you free, put you back on solid ground. Christ is your deepest need. And if you haven't sold out to him, you mean believe in him? Yeah, that's where it begins. But if it stops there, you'll go to hell. What? I thought if I just keep reading scripture, keep coming, I'll show you, we'll show you. The devil's far from God. And he believes more than you ever will. It starts with belief. But then it moves on to a heart relationship. Because belief is here. Remember what I said he wants more than anything else? He can give a rip about your money. He wants your heart. He could care less about their crops. <sighs> That's what I think of your crops. Come to me. Follow me. Put your hopes and dreams in me. Pray to me. Give your kids to me. I love them more than you ever will, God says. This is what God says. I don't care about stuff. He cares about people. He cares about you. He'll release you from your debt. Call on the name of Jesus. Jesus, I'm messed up. I do believe in you, but it needs to go farther. I'm surrendering everything today. I live a life that looks different on Monday than it does on Sunday in front of church people. And I need you to change it. Because I can't do it. I'm a dead man walking. And so are you without Christ. Call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. By the grace of God and the cross that Jesus died on to take away your debt, you can be set free. The greatest miracle isn't anything that you're going to see this side of heaven. The greatest miracle is when Jesus was on the cross but didn't stay on the cross. When Jesus was in the tomb but didn't stay in the tomb. Why? Because three days later, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords brought himself back to life. Now, if you can believe in that, sell out to that, surrender to that, he will change you. There's so many religions. There's one where a man brought himself back to life. I'd sell out to that. But there's thousands of, there's one man that was dead and then he, now he's alive. I just believe in that. But everybody believes something, but I believe and I know for a fact because it's been backed up by more things than you can fathom that Jesus was a dead and now he lives. He did it for you. We want to tell as many people as possible about the good news of Jesus. But I don't want to just help them for eternity. We want to help them this side of heaven with mental health and with rehab and with their kids and with dysfunction and with prayer and with purpose and with leadership and teaching. Surrender your life to Christ. You're saved by God's grace through your faith when you believe that Jesus Christ is the sinless, spotless Lamb of God, Savior of the world, that he died on a cross and he rose from the dead. When you believe in that and you ask him to forgive your sins and you truly want it, it's repentance. I don't want to do this anymore. I want to turn. That's a heart posture. Because I prayed salvation prayers at 12, 14, 16, 17, 19, 24. <laughs> I could keep going. Praying a prayer doesn't save you. Surrendering your life to Jesus Christ saves you. Do it today. We're going to sing. And then the prayer team is going to get up. All I want you to do is just pray and sing and worship. Take the card. Pray about it. If God leads you to give, give. If he doesn't, don't. I should tell you how. Jeez. 
the year in faith offering, it starts today. We're going to collectively celebrate it December 3rd. It'll be open through the end of the year. Just go to the website, click on give, drop down box, year in faith offering, give to it. If you, many do it on Venmo. You can just put in comments, year in faith offering, so we know that's what you're designating it towards. If you're watching online, I got a message specifically for you. I'm going to tell you something. We can't do it without you. Many of you, 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 you tune in week in and week out, and that's great. But if you can get to a church, you should. Because we don't call, I don't call that church. You're listening to a message, and I love you. But church is a gathering. It's a body. But if, but if this ministry is blessing you in any capacity, we're asking that you would, that you would sow seed into it through a year in faith offering, that we could put a stake in the ground and impact a community, not just a community. We are a church planting church. We will impact communities all over the nation. But we need you, and we need you to give to be a part, to give to that. And not only do we need them, but it, it, this, this, what God is asking, what I believe God is asking, it will take every one of us. That's why we don't rush into this. That's why we pray. Father, man, why don't, it's funny, God. We have all these plans. We've had plans written down for two and a half years. And what we're talking about today, it, it, it never looks the same, quite the same, does it? I love that your plans are always better than ours. The Israelites had plans when they got back. We're free. We're out of Babylon's rule. We're back in the promised land. We're going to rebuild our temple. And they, they fizzle, God, quickly. And you remind them, and actually you remind them in a very um, abrupt way, some could say. But why were you so abrupt with them? Because you know time is fleeting. Your love for them is way too big to, to mess around. You need, you need them to know. Stop putting your faith in your things. Stop putting your faith in your crops. Stop putting your faith in your money. Stop putting your faith in your kids or your provision. Start putting your faith in Christ. God, when we put you first in our lives, in every area, money or otherwise, it doesn't matter. There is an order to things. And when, you're out of, when things are out of order with you, they're out of order with us. God, if, if the land is your plan, bless it. If it's not, destroy it. Well, don't destroy the land. I don't want to see that. But do destroy our plans for it, if it's our plans. If it's your plan, God, blow it out of the water in ways that only you can. And for the people here today that are suffering or hurting, God, I pray that as we sing this song to God, to you, and we worship you in your temple right here, that you will do a work in our hearts that only you can do. And that many, after that prayer, will flood the stage, find a prayer warrior, pray, and watch what you do in their lives. We love you. We thank you. And regardless of where you lead us in a physical capacity, we're declaring the best is yet to come. In Jesus' name I pray, and the church says, amen. Hey, I want to thank you so much for tuning in today, but don't stop there. Like or subscribe to this channel so you don't miss a single video, update, or message. And not only that, share this message with a friend or somebody that you know. So many people out there need hope and encouragement, and you have the ability to bring that to them. Finally, if you're in the Omaha area, we would love to have you join us. We would love to meet you. God bless you.